Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. Matthew 29, verse 29, verse 27. I'll read out the Passion Translation this morning. It says this, as Jesus left the house, he had just finished uh, performing a miracle, actually. The Bible says, two blind men begin following him, shouting over and over, son of David, show mercy and heal us. Verse 28 says, and so they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. So Jesus asks these blind men, do you believe that I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? And they reply and say, yes, Lord, we believe. So then Jesus places his hands over their eyes and says to them, this is what he says, he says, you will have what your faith expects. Verse 30 says, and instantly their eyes opened and they could see. Then Jesus warned them sternly, make sure that you tell no one what has just happened, but unable to contain themselves, they went out and spread the news everywhere. You know, it's been a bit of a, once again, a difficult week in our, uh, in our nation as we have experienced things that I don't think any of us understand and causes great concern with several mass shootings in the span of seven days. And uh, today, you know, I want to talk about some things because I think we all, based upon our personalities, when we see these things, when we experience these things, we have a tendency to respond different ways. Beyond the way that we respond, though, I think as people of faith, we also have a responsibility um, to do things that only we can do to help these types of situations. What am I talking about? It's funny, I was thinking about this recently in a moment of worship. Like, you think about what you experienced in worship today. Like you, you, you experience something that is so good for your soul. And to think that in those types of moments where we're pouring out our hearts before God, we're singing lyrics, magnifying the name of God, finding rest in the innermost parts of our beings, to really think about it and realize that the majority of people in our world will never know what that feels like. Most people will never know, most, the majority of people will never know what it feels like to feel like you are connecting with something that's bigger than you in the way that we do. And the same is with prayer. When we open our mouths and we pour out our hearts before God and we ask for his help and we invite him in, there's something that happens on the inside of us as humanity that all of a sudden we have this ability to transcend situations and be okay even when things are not. So while we respond to these situations many of ways, I think this morning we do have a responsibility to invite God's help into our nation, into our world, into people that are hurting today, going through things that they don't understand. Many of us are those people today that don't understand what's going on. And so I want to lead us in a prayer. My, my desire with you is that you would just agree. When, when we pray, you hear people say yes or amen. Amen just means so be it. Just a way of agreeing with what is being prayed. And so I'm going to lead us in prayer. Would you pray with me? And let's just pray for the families and cover these situations. Ask God for his help. God, this morning... We just, we just first and foremost, we just ask for your help. God, we don't have this whole thing together. And so many of us are plagued with concerns, with fears, with worries, uh, with overwhelming questions. God, we ask that you would bring peace to situations that we cannot understand. We pray for every friend, every family member, every parent, every brother, every sister, every cousin, every aunt, every uncle, every family member affected by this situation. Holy Spirit, that God that, that lives with us on this earth, would you go and comfort these people in these desperate situations that are going through these things with heavy, heavy hearts? God, would you somehow, some way, 
Show them a way to live above this situation that is so tragic, so evil, and so overwhelming. God, we pray for the people that are fighting for their lives in hospitals right now. And we just ask God, God, that they, they, they are your children. Whether they know it or not, they're your children. So God, we ask that you would send people, that you would give the doctors wisdom, that the power of God would be evident in those rooms. Those people whose lives are in the balance, we just declare we have faith to expect that they will live and not die. That evil will not get the last word. The good will reign. That God will reign. God, that's where our faith is at. In this situation, we all respond different ways, but beyond our response, we just invite God to work. God, that's what prayer is. We're just, in, we're just creating a space for you to do what only you can do. And so we ask for your help. We ask for your wisdom. We ask for your peace. We ask for your comfort. And God, we ask today for those of us that are in this room, God, that you meet us here. God, you bring peace to the storms that we're facing. Even those of us that are plagued and worried as a result of these situations that we're experiencing in our world, that we would be able to see light at the end of the tunnel, see hope, stir our faith today. We do. In Jesus' name, everybody say Amen. You know, when we go through, uh, yeah, we can, we can clap if you want to clap. You know, we go through these situations in life and, uh, a lot of times, I mean, pretty much all the time, when we go through situations like this that we don't understand, we respond different ways. But I think the common thread that we all have to kind of battle is this under under our, our, our consciousness. It's like it's almost in our subconscious, this, this subtle, this gnawing sense of fear. What ifs? Because we don't understand. How, how, do, how, do, how does something like this happen in our nation? can't explain it. We don't understand it. And if we're honest, a lot of times it provokes fear in our heart. This is how fear happens. Fear happens when you don't have all the answers. It's a, there's an opportunity to fear every time that you don't have clarity, that you can't see, that you can't make sense of, sense of the situation that you're up against. We do that with these scenarios. Chances are you do this in your life. Chances are you have something in your life that you're up against that you don't really see clearly. And for many of us today, it is a great source or opportunity for us to be afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of my, what might happen to my family. Afraid of what might happen to my marriage. Afraid of what may happen to my finances. Afraid of, of what may happen in the world that I live in. Why am I afraid? Because, because I don't have clarity. I, I, I don't see. When, when you don't see, when, when, you, when you don't have clarity in your life, when, when things are dark, it's funny the way that you'll behave. Fear is your number one enemy. I hope you understand this. Fear is, your, is, is the number one opposition that you will face as it pertains to reaching for the life that you've always wanted. Fear is the thing that will try to come and get you to be paralyzed, to stop, to not make any bold moves, to not talk to anybody, to be a recluse, to not, not start the business, to not engage in relationships when you've had ones that have been rocky before. Fear is the thing that will keep you from the life that you want. And yet most of us struggle with this concept, this idea of fear, because we have uncertainty. We, we, we can't fully see, and, and, and you'll see how this, when, when you can't fully see, it actually changes your behavior. You may not realize it in your day-to-day -day life that your fear of X, Y, Z is actually changing your behavior, but it is. Just, just imagine, isn't it funny how even in your own, own home, if the lights are all out at night, I mean, the, the doors can be locked, but you have, you have to make that run from like your bedroom into the kitchen. Isn't it funny how your feet kind of just scurry just a little bit more? It's like, what's going to get you, right? Like, but, but you... But there's something about, there's something about obscurity. There's something about a lack of clarity that creates an opportunity for me to fear. Why? B because I don't have all the answers. And, and, and chances are you have something in your life today that you're up against that you lack clarity. 
And I hope that you can connect the dots this morning that that thing that you lack clarity in, it's really important how you handle it because it's actually an opportunity for the enemy, which is comes in the face of fear, to keep you from the life that you're really destined for. To keep you from going for the things that are in your heart. To keep you from going to the thing, going, going for the things that actually you've been put on the face of the planet to go for it, to accomplish, to dream of. All of us in this room, the thing that we have in common is all of us are blind in some area. We, we, don't, we don't see everything. We see some things, but we have areas of obscurity. Let's just make it philosophical. Let's just think about the big questions of why are we here? Like, like how, what is the, what is the purpose of life? What is the, what is the, like, <laughs> you get into conversations about this. Like, like, why do humans exist? What is, what is the meaning of life? And we can all take stabs at it. We can all use our religious preferences. We can take scriptures out and try to justify our meat. But, but really at the, at the end of the day, nobody really knows. Like nobody really knows for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. You, there's, there's uncertainty. There's no way for you to know. You know why there's no way for you to know? Because you are created. You are not creator. In, in, in other words, none of us in this room signed up and said, I want to be a human. Send me to earth. Right? Nobody signed up to be here. So we're all trying to figure it out. And we're trying to figure it out because we, we, we don't know how we got here. So if I'm, if I'm going to any way, shape, or form get clarity or get answers, I'm going to have to find some way. And this is just like, man, faith in God, number just, just 101. I'm going to have to find some way to connect with the thing that created me. For some of you that maybe are new to faith or struggling with faith, this is where you got to start. you you got to de- decide, what do I believe about my existence? Who put me here? Many of us believe in God, and so our pursuit is to connect with God. Some people believe in things like, oh, they just think there was a big bang, and then we showed up here. Think about how sad that would be, though. If maybe you're here today, and you, and you own that perspective that everything is just random, well, then how do you explain this longing in your heart when you wake up in the morning that there's something for me to do? Like, I should have a job. I should work. I should chase accolades. I should want to be somebody. We understand this success. If, 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 if the truth is you're just random, then why do you have something, a longing, a desire on the inside of you to actually reach for something more? For those of us who have subscribed to a belief system that believes in God, man, we have to understand that the only way that we're going to find a little bit of clarity in our life as to why we're here to make sense of the situations that are horrific and tragic, tragic that create opportunities for us to fear, to make sense of things that we don't understand and we don't have all the answers to, we're going to have to find a way to go after God. This is the thing that we have in common with these blind men in this story. They are blind, but just because they are blind doesn't give them a free pass to not have to follow God. The reality is many people in this room are blind. But just staying in our blindness, trying to analyze why we're blind and how we ended up this way is not going to give us a clearer perspective. It's not going to change the situation that we're facing. The only thing that has the ability to open our eyes and change our perspective is to to connect with the person who actually put me here. These guys are blind, but they're they're following Jesus. Can you just take a second and think about that? How do blind men follow anything? Like the fact that the text says that there are two blind men and yet the blind men are following Jesus. We can relate. We have areas in our life that lack clarity. We have areas in our life that are blind, yet we are trying in this pursuit. This is what faith is. We're following God. But if we're honest, we're following God blind. 
Like in this place, like I just want to encourage some people today that, real, that, that you're thinking, man, I'm struggling because this thing is hard. Yeah, yeah, a lot of times it's hard to actually cling to faith. Why? Because I don't have all the answers. I don't know all the answers to all that. We can act like we do. We can act like we understand what the Bible means, but we really, we really don't know for sure. We are just like these blind guys trying our best to connect with God because we know he is the answer, yet we know that I don't have clear perspective of most things in life. There's things that I don't have all the answers to. If I'm going to find clarity, I have to go after God despite my condition. Meaning just sitting in my condition isn't going to change anything. So here go these blind guys after Jesus in hopes of connecting to the thing that they created him so they can get answers to somehow find clarity in their life to get their eyesight back. And the Bible says as they go after Jesus, here's what they shout over and over again. They shout, son of David. Have mercy on me and heal me. Son of David, have mercy on me and heal me. If you're going to find clarity in your life, one of the first things that you got to do is realize that you don't have all the answers. And and it's one thing to say, yeah, no, I know I don't don't know everything. But I'm I'm telling you, you if you're going to find clarity in your life, if you're going to find an ability to understand things that seemingly seem understandable, you're going to have to get to a place to to realize that you don't have the ability to really get yourself the life that you desire. I tell people a lot, you know what I think sometimes the point of life is? Seeing how quickly you can come to the end of yourself and look to somebody greater. Sometimes, sometimes I think that's what the, that's what the, how fast does it take, take me to realize that I don't have what it takes to make my marriage great. I don't have what it takes to make my vocational life great. I don't have what it takes in and of my own strength to make my finances great. I need somebody bigger than myself. That's what these guys are saying. Have mercy on me. In other words, God, I don't have what I need to be able to have the clarity that I desire. If you're going to find clarity in your life, you've got to settle the fact that in your own strength, in your own accolades, with your own talent, with your own ability, with your ability to hustle, you still come up short. That no matter how many books you read, and no, how, no matter how many things you analyze, and no matter how many times you try to dot your I's and cross your T's, you, can still, you still won't be able to give yourself what you're looking for. The reality is, is because what you're looking for isn't here. What, what, what am I talking about? I, I go on this trip annually with a group of guys, and we, it's like a ski trip. And uh, it's a bunch of uh, like dads, like guys that have kids. And, and so we all go to this, this ski resort in Colorado and we spend a couple of days skiing, but then like they have this like hobby. They all live from the same, same state and city. It's different than me. And they have this hobby. They like to put together puzzles. So they like to put together like these big, like mega, it's kind of funny, like a bunch of grown men just sitting around putting together puzzles. But we sit, sit together and we put these, these puzzles together, these big, huge puzzles. And in this one puzzle, we're, we're putting it together and uh, we get to the end of the puzzle, but there's pieces missing. And everybody starts getting mad, like, like, oh, where are them? You ever, you ever like try to put together a puzzle and then you find out like pieces are missing? Most frustrating thing in the world. And you're thinking like, where, where are all these puzzles? Where are the puzzle pieces? So we start searching and we can't find it. It's got to be here. And you look over the, under the same spot and you look crazy spots. You're looking in the kitchen and drawers. Like there's no puzzle piece there, but you're still looking there, you know? And so we're like looking and finally days go by and we realize, hey, we can't find this puzzle piece. And one guy sits down at the table and he looks at us. He says, guys, we just got to come to terms with the fact that it's not here. And I thought to myself, this is really the essence of life. As long as you have this picture in your mind that you can somehow get the thing that you really want here, you will always be dissatisfied because you have puzzles missing because you are the created and you are not the creator. You don't know everything. So what you're looking for really isn't here. Earth is just your temporary home. You are passing through. This is not the destination. This is a part of the journey. And until you understand that, 
Until you own the fact that, man, I'm not, I'm not, this is not where I set up shop. This is the whole thing is, is we all have a purpose here on earth, things that we're supposed to do. But we don't, our destiny is not here. We don't have a destiny here on earth. We have assignments. There are things that God has put you on the face of the planet to do, to accomplish, that change people, that change things in, in, as it pertains to our society. There's things that you're supposed to accomplish. But you better have a perspective. You better come to terms with the fact that there are pieces to your puzzle that are missing. The, the, the quicker that you, that you own the fact that you're missing pieces to this puzzle, the quicker you can actually start living the life that you were made to live. If we would go into creating that puzzle knowing, hey, there's some puzzle pieces missing, but we can actually just have fun enjoying the puzzle pieces that we have versus complaining about the things that we don't have. The same is true in your life. When you go into this thing called life, realize everything's not supposed to be perfect. It doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to go my way. It doesn't have to look the way that I want it to look. There's pieces that I'm missing, but I'm going to get busy celebrating the pieces that I have, not the pieces that I don't have. And this is what they're saying. They're saying, we don't, we've come to terms with the fact, Jesus, have mercy. We've come to terms with the fact that we don't have everything that we need. And this is why even in the midst of my lack of clarity, I'm not going to sit on my, I'm not going to sit uh, on, on my butt and just think to myself, man, I, how, how are things going to turn around? If God cared about me, wouldn't he do something? Am I, I'm not going to sit in that position. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go after it and I'm going to do things. It may not be easy, but I'm going to follow. It may not, it may not be something that everybody wants to do and it may not be just a, a skip in the park, but for me in my life, I'm going to do whatever it takes regardless of my condition to chase God, to go after God. Why? Because I'm in desperate need of clarity. If I don't get clarity, if I don't get answers, there is a, a gaping door for the enemy to create fear in my life. And fear is the ultimate enemy of the life that I actually desire. How do blind men follow Jesus? How, how do blind guys go after God? How do, how do we, if we don't really see, if I really don't have, if I really don't know and all the pieces aren't here, how do I go after God? How do these guys go after God? Like, put yourself in the text. Blind, I, I mean, I, blind, I, I can't see. And yet, I know that I need God. I, I can't see, but, but I know that I need Jesus. How does a, how does a blind guy how does a blind guy follow Jesus? Would you just close your eyes with me in this room? Just put yourself in the text. Like, feel what this would feel like if you did not have your eyesight. To be in this position thinking, I need to follow Jesus. Jesus is the answer because this, this, this feeling that you feel right now is kind of the condition that we are in spiritually. We don't, this is what I'm saying. We don't see, we don't see it all. So, so, so how do I follow? You can open your eyes. How, how do I follow? How do I follow? Jesus when I cannot see. How did these blind men follow Jesus? Well, I, I, I'd assume if they can't see, they're probably, they're probably listening for Christ's voice. If you're going to follow Jesus in your life, if you're going to connect with God, you've got to pay attention to his voice. I, 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 could, I could imagine as they're sitting there with their, with their eyes blind. Just, I think that was him. That, yeah, that, that, that sounds like him. If, you, if you're going, if you're going to be able to close the gap between where you're at and where you want to be, if you're going to be able to get clarity in situations that we don't really know, and we don't really have the answers to, you're going to have to connect with to the creator because you are the creator. The creator is the only one that possesses the answers for why something has been created. So if I'm going to connect to the creator, I, I have to, Jesus is the gateway to God. So Jesus can't sit down and have lunch with us, right? Like he's, he's not here today. So how do we, how do we pay attention to Christ's words? This is what the Bible's all about guys. 
This is, this is what the scripture is all about. This is not just some religious book. It gives, us a, it gives us a lens into who Jesus was, the connector to God. When you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John, you actually get the words of Jesus. You get, you get to, just like that blind man, listen, to the, listen to, the, to the words of Christ. And when I listen to the words of Christ, all of a sudden it starts, it starts pushing me towards the point that I actually desire. Sometimes there's just simplicity and get me like there's cultural phenomenons that become cultural phenomenons that started out as something really meaningful, but doesn't mean mean anything today. Sometimes there's just simplicity in the old WWJD. What would Jesus do? Like, think about how, 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 think about how much greater your decision-making skills would be. If just every time you made a decision, you first, like you first just thought, what would he do? And, and what if, what if I, what if I paid attention to what he do, he would do like a blind man trying to follow him? M- meaning I don't just, I don't just rehearse and recite rhetoric that I heard in church. I actually crack open the book and try to dig in for myself. I, I, I gotta know what, I don't need, I don't need, I don't need people's version of Jesus. I don't need religion's version of Jesus. I don't need the commentary online's version of Jesus. I, I, Jesus, I need you to reveal to me who you are. I need to pay attention to what you're saying because I, I, I need your words to guide me. I, I, I need your words to guide me. What, what, would, what, would, what would Jesus do? And as you pay attention to the voice of Christ, even when I cannot see, all of a sudden it gives me something to follow. The challenge is without being able to see him and hear his voice, we're human and we're imperfect. So sometimes Jesus would say, say crazy things. It's kind of sometimes hard to interpret. He would say, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. Remember him saying stuff like that? And like, whoa, like really? Like, like if your eye causes you to stumble, just get a pen and just gouge that baby out. Like this is the, the kind of stuff that we're talking about. And, and when you can't see and you, what, what am I saying? Like, okay, does, does he really mean like gouge my eyes out? I already can't, I already can't see. Like, this is the kind of stuff that these guys are probably, probably hearing and wrestling with because in life, when you can't see, even hearing Jesus is sometimes difficult. You ever been there when you open up the Bible? And I don't really know what this means. Like this doesn't really, what does he mean when he said this? This is why I would assume that these guys probably aren't just following Christ's voice. They're probably also following Christ's followers. If, if you're gonna, if you're going to find clarity in your life, you gotta be committed to following Christ's voice, but not just following Christ's voice. You gotta be willing to follow Christ's followers. Meaning there's a reason that God puts you in the context of Christian community. That's why this place is so powerful. This is why you need to be involved. This is why you gotta be involved in a small group. This is why you get, gotta be around. Because it's not just enough to have friends. You have to have people that are on the same spiritual journey as you. So that you can say, hey, I think I just heard Jesus say, gouge my eyes out. What, what hand signals did he do? Was he really meaning that? And they say, oh, that's not what he means. What he's, he's, he's painting a picture for you. You need people sometimes in your corner to help you understand, even in the journey that you're facing and the way you're trying to understand things to really show you the way. This is why Paul says things like, follow. he doesn't say follow Christ. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. You need to know that we are in this together. And I hope better together doesn't just become some slogan that falls on deaf ears. It is, it is really, it is really through us embracing the fact that you don't have it together and embracing the fact that me, even though I hold this microphone, I don't have it together. I'm on the same journey as you. I have the same questions as you. I have the same lack of clarity that you have, but we're all blind in different areas. So there's things that you see that I don't see that you can help me. And there's things that I see that you don't see that I can help you. This is why when, when we're, when they're following that, this is probably what the, that, that is Jesus. Yeah, that's Jesus. 
You need people in your corner that when you think that you're, re- you're reading something, you're feeling something, when society wants to tell you that Jesus is saying something that Jesus is not saying, you need people in your corner that are following Christ. Pe- not just anybody. People that you look at their life and say, that's a life that I want to follow because that person is following Jesus. I can step up to the plate and follow them as they follow Christ. You need people that can help you to say, hey, I know that's what society is saying is Jesus, but that's not Jesus, bro. I, I've, I've walked this road before. I've seen what he's done. Here, here's what we see. And this, you, you, you can't just follow. They weren't just following probably Jesus' voice. They were also following Christ's followers. But at the end of the day, we're all human. We're all imperfect. So we don't all see everything, right? Even if we try to help each other, we are still the created and we are not the creator. So if I'm blind and I'm following Christ's voice, I'm also trying to lean into Christ's followers. But at the end of that, if I can't, fully find him by following the people that are following him. The last thing that I have to rely on is not just, not just Christ's voice and not just Christ's followers, but I have to rely on, on conviction. What am I talking about? There's something built into the inside of humanity that God has the ability to get into your heart when it doesn't make sense to your mind and it doesn't make sense to anything around you. It's a conviction. It's something that will cause you to risk it all for what you know that I don't know how I know. These blind men follow Jesus into the house where he was staying. If, if I'm these blind men, the second I feel my, my foot scrape that threshold of the door, I think, oh, gone too far. We might just want to wait here. But these guys had something on the inside of their heart that told me Jesus is in that house. And if I could cross that threshold, if I could take the risk of, of offending people, and maybe people won't understand, and maybe people will think that I'm overstepping my bounds, and maybe people will think that I'm crazy, but i got to get into that house because what I need is on the other side of that threshold. I'm talking about conviction. Ah. I'm talking about a willingness to not play it safe when everything in life says you should because you know something that you know that you know that you know on the inside of your heart. Conviction will cause you to be vulnerable to receive things that are valuable. It it will cause you to put yourself, (laughs) it'll cause you to put yourself out there, to put your family out there, to put your business out there for the sake of walking into something that you would not walk into otherwise. These guys don't cross that threshold. They don't get their eyesight. What could you be missing out on because you don't have the courage to follow the conviction of God that he is putting on the inside of your heart? Some of you in this place, it's time for bold moves. There's things in your heart and in your life. And here's the thing about how, how do I know it's conviction? It's, it's past the test. In other words, there's a lot of people that just try to go with conviction first. They don't try, when, when they're feeling something, they don't, you, the first thing that you got to do is figure out what Jesus says. Because if what you feel in your heart and what Jesus says in the Bible are two different things, then what you feel in your heart is not Jesus. So I got what I feel in my heart, the process, it should be third in line, meaning I should be listening to what Jesus says. I should have people that I trust say, hey, what do you think about this? And after I've done that, at that point, then I can follow the conviction of God in my heart. A lot of people, though, what they have the tendency to do is to follow what they think is conviction first. But their conviction is not really conviction. It's just concern and camouflage, meaning it's really just fear playing dress up. So, so I say, I say, oh, I got to make this move because God is leading. And really, I'm just afraid of the scenario. So I won't make the move. I'll stay comfortable or I'll make the move because I'm just trying to escape the situation that I'm facing here. But when, when, when I have followed through this process of following what Jesus says and following his followers, I can with safety follow this conviction and be willing to step out in order to get to the place that I want to be so that I can what have the thing that we all really want. The answers to the tough questions. 
clarity, an ability to see in the midst of a world that tries to put me in a position where I can't. It's funny, when they get through the door, Jesus lays eyes on them. My assumption is Jesus is probably going to say something like, oh my God, where did you guys come from? Like if I'm Jesus, and if I'm just me, and think about me on a journey, and I'm doing things and we're ministering to people, and I find out we have a couple of blind guys that have been following us from where? Who's been leading them? Well, nobody's been leading them. They've just been following. Well, how, how did they follow? This is going to be my response. Do you guys need water? Do you need food? Like, are you, are you okay? Jesus doesn't do any of those things. Jesus, he almost seems unimpressed by, by, their, by their work. Because here's the, here's, here's, the, here's the reality. Work and work alone will not access your miracle. What am I talking? Just you reading the Bible and just you being involved in church and just you being involved within the context of Christian, Christian community and you stepping out and trusting God, it is not enough to get clarity in your life. What? Yeah. Je- Jesus looks at them and he doesn't say, oh my God, look at all the hard work you put in. This is what, this is what he stops and asks them. Just trip out on this a second. He, say, he says, hey, you guys have been following me? Yeah, we've been following you. Do you, do you believe, do you believe that I could actually give you eyesight? Do do you believe that I have the ability to give you vision? I'm thinking, Jesus, they've been following you blind. Like, think about how difficult their journey has been. If they've been willing to put in the work, doesn't this mean, duh, obviously, obviously, Jesus, obviously that they believe, but but obviously not. Do, do, Do you believe that I have the ability to heal your eyesight? Because sometimes it's easy to have confidence in my ability to do my part, but sometimes I don't have the same amount of confidence for God to do his part. What, what am I saying? I, I can, I can, I can muscle it up. I can, if I, you ever notice when you like stick to your devotions for a good week solid and you haven't said no cuss words and you haven't flipped nobody off, you start feeling like, Ooh, I'm feeling pretty good this week. You know what I mean? I'm a super Christian. God's going to open some doors. Have you have seen how good I've been? <laughs> uh, right? And it's easy for me when, when I have confidence in my ability to be like, okay, I did my part. Now let's like, okay, God, let's see. Well, I hope, but, but it's not, it's not necessarily a belief. We'll just, let's just see. I hope God does something. It looks like I, I'm confident in my part. So we'll see what we'll see. We'll see what he does. But Jesus doesn't want to know what this we'll see. Do you believe that I, do you believe that I have the ability to heal your eyes? To give you clarity. And, and, and the blind, they respond and they say, they say, yes, yes, we believe. Yeah, yes, yes, we, we believe. I, lo- I love the response. They're, they're saying, they're saying, they're, they're verbally out of their mouth saying, yes, I believe. I, I've walked a road and I've done some things, but doing some things is not enough. This is what Jesus says. I need to know if you believe that I can do it. I need to know, despite the things that you're facing, do you actually have the courage to believe that I can and the courage to believe that I will? They respond and they say yes. And then Jesus makes the most profound statement that I have ever heard. He says this. He says, good, because you have you have what your faith expects. What? You, you surely meant that I, that I have what I work for. You, you surely mean that I have it because I read all the scriptures. You surely mean that I have it because I've been going to my small group and I haven't missed a week. You, you, you surely mean, you surely mean that I'm going to get my miracle because I follow conviction. I've made bold moves. No, no, no. At the end of all that, he says, 
you have what your faith expects. What are you expecting? If what he is saying is true, my question to you is what are you expecting? Because I think most of us as Christians, we spend our life frustrated because we're putting in the work and don't understand what God isn't doing his part. And his question is, are you even expecting me to? You, you, you have? Think about the simplicity and, and, and how powerful the statement is, how potent it is at the same time. You will have what you're, you have what you expect. You will have what your faith expects. When I hear this, I think, oh, crud, like I got I better start expecting some things then. Right? God speaks to my heart and said, no, you're, you're already expecting things. Huh? Yeah, it, it, it's something that works regardless. Some of you today have been expecting nothing and so that nothing is something. And because you're expecting nothing, what are you getting? Nothing. But, I, but I'm putting in the work, Nick. I know you're putting in the work. But see, the, the, the work, all the work is supposed to do is to build your faith so that when he asks you the question, do you believe? Yeah, I believe. Why do you believe? Because I heard what Jesus said. Why do you believe? Because his followers told me that you healed some blind men back there. And if you did it for them, you can do it for me. Why do you believe? I just believe because there's something down in my gut that tells me you can and that you will. The work is important, but the work can't save you. Man, your devotion is important, but your devotion isn't what gives you clarity. Your expectation is. What are you expecting? Some of us, we expect nothing, so we get nothing. You know what? Most of it's, 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 it's so in the back of our minds. I do it. I, I do this all the time. I dress rehearse tragedy. I, 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 in my subconscious, expect negative things to happen. Well, I hope that doesn't happen here. I hope that doesn't happen to me. What if that happened? What if, what if, what if I get, what if, what if you, you start thinking things? What if I get fired? What if I get sick? What if I get cancer? What if I go today and they say that it's back? I start, I start dress rehearsing all of these things. You will have what your faith expects. What if this was really true? What if, what if the reason that I get negative is because I expect negative? I think sometimes even in our pursuit of trusting God, our expectation is so narrow that we miss out on what God's really wanting to do. God's wanting to do this, but I'm just expecting this. We have to, in our lives, man, if you're going to see clarity, if you're going to have a turnaround, it's going to come down to what are you expecting? What are you expecting? How, how do, what should I be expecting? What is the thing that you've been complaining about? What, what is the thing that you've been complaining about? Maybe you need to flip the script and instead of complaining about it, just expect that God's going to turn it around. What if it was true? You will have what your faith, you will have what, I got to say it just over and over and over so it gets deep down inside of your soul. What if it was true? You have what your faith expects. When it pertains to your marriage, you can talk all day long about how what he did and she did and it would be different. You've always been like this. But you know the only way that it's going to change? I expect that there's going to be a turnaround in my marriage. I can, I can in my mind rest rehearse what it's going to be like when I'm dead and gone and my kids have to live a life without a mommy or a daddy. And you know what? The more that I believe that, the more that I'm attracting that to my life. But in my heart, if I can say, no, I'm expecting good. I'm expecting to prosper. I'm expecting to flourish. I'm expecting to go from mountaintop to mountain. I'm expecting things to be different. And you may think to yourself, but yeah, 
That's cool and all, but I can't expect... Sometimes it's hard to expect good when all we see is the bad in our life, the bad that we've done, the bad that's been done to us. This is why, why I love the scripture. Anthony, come up real quick. This is why, this is why I love the scripture. So, so Jesus, Jesus asks the guys, do you, do you believe that I can make you well? He says, they say yes. He says, then you have what your faith expects. The text says that Jesus takes his hands and he places them over their eyes. In other words, he covers the things that is symbolic of everything that is bad in their life. The thing that would disqualify them for clarity and from vision. Do you believe that I could heal your eyes? Yes. You will have what your faith expects and he covers the bad. I don't know what you're facing today. I don't know what your reputation is. I don't know the road that you've walked. I don't know the things that were done to you as a child. But I do believe that if you will have the courage to have faith in a God who is bigger than the things that you have faced, that he will take his hands and place him on the things that are bad. And the things that are bad, they can't stay no more. The things that are bad, they can't stay stay no more. When Jesus touches blindness, you're no longer blind. When Jesus touches your reputation, you no longer have that reputation. When Jesus touches your defense mechanisms, those defense mechanisms have to go away. When Jesus touches your fear, fear can't stay here. Don't be intimidated by your secrets. Don't be intimidated by the road that you've walked. Don't be intimidated by the injustice that happened to you that wasn't fair, that you didn't deserve. If you'll just expect good, Jesus can do away with the bad. What if this really was true? What if this really was true? What if there really could be a turnaround as a result of what you believe, as a result of what you expect? What are you expecting? Are you even expecting anything? And you may be sitting here today thinking, well, I don't, I don't know about that, Nick. I don't know if I really believe that it works that way. Okay. Okay. You will have what your faith expects. So, so okay. So I don't believe that God's, I don't believe that God really wants to heal everybody. Okay. You'll have what your faith expects. Well, that's good. You know, we do the offering and the preaching thing and the, God wants to be involved in your way, but I don't know that I re- really believe that God cares about my financials. Okay. Cool. You will have what your faith expects. I, I think sometimes the, the version of God that we get is the version of God that we believe in. in. In other words, in our life, don't you see this in your life? I, I see this all the time. You people get things and they blame they blame it on God. That's not God. That's just the God that you believe in. And because you are expecting that, that's what you're seeing in your life. What version of God are you believing in? Do you believe in a God who's mad and angry at you and trying to teach you something with every lesson and that's why your tires go flat and why your laundry machine breaks down and why your dishwasher thing don't work? Then that's what you're going to get more of. The God that you get is the God that you believe in. Be careful about what you believe. Be careful about what you expect. Be careful about what gets in your heart. This is why the Bible says in Proverbs, the Bible says in Proverbs, guard your heart. Guard your believer. Guard your expector. He says, because out of it flow the issues of life. Do do you hear what that say? It says, out of that expectation is how everything grows and flows. I think the spirituality thing is a whole lot simpler than we make it. When you trust Jesus and you connect with God, I think sometimes it's as simple. Hey, you need these faith builders in your life. You need need to be reading your Bible. You need to be fasting. You need to be praying. But it's not dot and I's and crossing T's. Those are faith builders. 
When I fast, when I pray, that's not just religious rhetoric and routine. No, I'm opening up my heart to God. And when I, when I start feeling that thing that only he can do in my heart, what does it do? It makes me have courage to trust him more. When I, when I get my desires in my flesh and the evil things that we all have, aren't, aren't, I mean, maybe I'm the only one, but we have evil at war within us. There's things that we want and desire that are not good for us. When I get around God and I quiet all those things down and I actually see who he is and what he wants to do, all of a sudden I start expecting things again. Was it, or is, it, is, it those th- is it those things that are giving me my sight? No, but those are faith builders. Those are faith builders that bring me to a point where, do you, be- do you believe that I can do my part? Yes, sir. And I don't just believe, I expect it. <laughs> I think this is what God is looking for. Someone to have confidence. Do you think about how prideful it is to have confidence in yourself, but not to have confidence in God? Think about how arrogant it is to expect things out of you and not expect things out of God. Like somehow, somehow you, you, you are worthy of expectation, but God is not. Like you're more powerful. No, no, no. If I'm going to expect, if I can expect things out of myself, then God is saying, expect something of me. Because you get, this is what he says. This is what he says. You get what you expect. You, I hope that just rings in your soul. You will have what your faith expects. Would you close your eyes with me all across this room? I want you to think about the mountain that you're up against. I want you to think about the thing that's been gnawing at you. I want to think about the thing that you don't have clarity. And I want you to think about the thing that you've been complaining about all week. And I want you to make a conscious decision in this place. I plead with you. I plead with you. We are blind, but we don't have to stay blind. Don't miss out on everything that was meant for you because you weren't willing to follow. Following is what brings freedom. What is freedom? The ability to have nothing standing between me and the life that I desire. I think that's what we all want. It's more than just getting rid of your addictions and behavioral issues. It's removing everything that stands between you and the life that you were put on the face of the planet to live. That's what freedom is. It it is following in the midst of your blindness that puts you in a place of freedom. So in this place today, I want you to think about that thing. And I want you to flip the script on it. So if it's financial, you've been complaining about your finances. Now I'm just going to start expecting that I have breakthroughs in my finances this week. I start I, by choice, not by feeling. I don't, I don't feel like it. And it actually fights my intellect. But I'm okay with that because I have come to terms with the fact that I cannot see. The reason, the reason that we struggle with God wanting to be involved in my money is because I still think that I can make my money good. The reason why I have a problem with God wanting to get involved in any area of my life or me struggling to believe is because I'm holding on to this idea that maybe somehow, some way, I can do it on my own. When I have reconciled the fact that I can't get there on my own, I can I can say I'm expecting I'm I'm flipping the script. I'm gonna I'm gonna trust Him. What script are you flipping today? What lies have you been believing about yourself? What fears have you been dress rehearsing? Some of you have been dress rehearsing tragedy as it pertains to your children. Some of you, your kids just got their driver's license and all you see in your head is what if they get in a car accident? What if they get in a... No, you're going to start. You just flip the script. I'm going to expect good. I'm going to expect that they're safe. I'm going to expect, in fact, they have favor on the road and all the people around them are safe just because they're on the road driving. That's what I'm going to expect. And you think to yourself, why? That's taking a little bit too far, Nick. Okay, cool. You will have what your faith expects. I don't want to spend my life being a doubter because doubters don't have the same opportunities as believers. People who believe have the opportunity to access things that doubters never will. 
I don't want to spend my life being a skeptic talking about how he can't. No! If I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down believing that he's a good God. I'm going to go down believing that he's a faithful God. I'm going to believe that he's a God that sees me. That every tear that I have cried has not been forgotten. That every roar of my voice as I've lifted up and groaned and just, I don't know what to do. I'm at the end of my rope. That it's not wasted. That he's seen me and he's working on my behalf. And it does, if it's not here today, I'm going to choose to believe that it's just on its way to me. It's working its way to me. I'm I'm not going to a second for, for, for myself and my family. I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to believe for anything less than God's best in my life. Meaning, what are you expecting today, Nick? I'm expecting some good things. I don't even know, but it's going to be so good. It's going to be, I'm expecting, I'm probably going to get phone calls today. I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to get advantages today. I'm probably going to be favored today. People are probably going to want to help me out today. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, instead of saying, oh, I'm never lucky. Things never work out for me. No, I'm going to say things are probably going to, today's the day that everything changes and people are, things are, everything that's meant for me is going to find me. What are you expecting? I, what am I expecting? Everything that's meant for me is going to find me. The finances are on their way to me. The healing is on its way to my body. Restoration in my family. It's looking for me. It's on the prowl, searching for me. And it will find me. It will find me. Because I will have what my faith expects. I will not be left behind. And when I leave and I get a phone call and it feels like the opposite, you know what I'm going to say? Oh, this must be extra good then. Things are just, you know, they're, it's going to work out. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be moved. I'm not going to be moved just because it does, when you, because this, this is how the enemy works. He works through fear. So what's going to happen is you're going to get, you feel this in your soul as I'm talking about it. I know you do. There's something on the inside of humanity because God put it in there. What I'm saying resonates with you. But even if your mind fights you, you're like, yeah, I think there's, I understand what you're saying. There, there's, there's something to that. When you leave this room, the enemy always goes to steal the seed that was sown. He'll get you to try to think, well, I guess that wasn't real because I just got a phone call and I just, somebody just called me and told me X, Y, Z. It's in those moments that you have to say, despite what I see, this is all going to work together somehow, some way. And it's even going to be better than I imagined. Because if, if my version of good didn't work out, then I want to see what God's version of good is like. Because it's going to be ten times better than anything I could drum up in my own intellect. What are you expecting? What if it was true? You will have what your faith expects. Don't, please don't live your life like most people, settling for blindness. What if we could just expect turnarounds? go there with me just in this room close your eyes like what if we could expect the bad things in our life for jesus to touch them and then to be made good and again the person in here is saying yeah but that's okay you'll have what your faith expects that's how it works not the hoops that you jump through this is what i think is so fascinating sometimes in life we're, we're, we're afraid because what i'm expecting i don't think that i'm qualified for and when jesus touches it i think that we're, we're afraid based upon our behaviors that we're going to lose it this is why i think it's so fascinating how the story ends up Jesus, Jesus tells these guys, don't go tell anybody what I did for you. And the first thing they do is they, they disobey Jesus. They go and they tell everybody. In other words, their behavior should have disqualified them for their miracle. But it doesn't. The Bible says they go around and they tell everybody everywhere that he healed my eyes. I want to talk to somebody today that you feel disqualified because of your behaviors. And you're like, you're thinking to yourself, but I don't know if I can maintain this. You don't have to. When God touches you, he changes everything. I believe that in a moment, everything can change. I believe in a moment before you leave this building that things can turn around. And I dare you to have the courage to believe it too. To believe that when you leave this place, that what if it could be different? 
What if the man himself was standing with you today, blind people? And what if he looked you into your eyes and said, do you believe that I can change it? Hey, I know your marriage is horrible, but I want to know, do you believe that I can change it? I, I know that your finances, oh, they're down in the dumps and you haven't been able to figure this. What if the man himself was here? Do you believe that I could fix it? To him, we responded. Yes, God, I believe. And he can look back at you and say, okay, you'll have what your faith expects. You'll have what your faith expects. What are you expecting in your business? What are you expecting in your family? What are you expecting as it pertains to your kids? What are you expecting as it pertains to this latter, this latter end of your life? Or some of you that are in third and fourth quarter, what are you expecting? You better have some expectation because it's working either way. If you're expecting nothing, you're going to get nothing. I dare you to have some strong, big, great expectations. Be led by conviction to go for it. Not based upon your performance or how good you can be. Based upon how good he has already been to you. He's not looking to keep anything. He's not looking to keep anything from you based upon your behaviors. All he's looking is for you to walk the road enough that you can build some expectations, actually believe that he can and believe that he will. That's it. Some of you in this place, you need to get your eyes off your sickness. You, you need to get you need to get your focus off of your sickness. You're so in, you're so overwhelmed by your blindness. You're so overwhelmed by your situation that you can't even think about expectation. But this, but this, get, get your eyes, get your eyes off of your sickness and just follow. You're not going to be perfect. You better believe those blind men stumbled around. I didn't see that rock there. I didn't see that. I didn't know that the ground was going. They, they stumbled around, but it wasn't the stumble. It wasn't the, it wasn't the smooth journey that qualified them for the turnaround. I don't know who I'm preaching to this morning, but it wasn't the smooth journey. That, I, I bet you that was the hardest journey of their life. If you're going through a hard time today, you're in good company. If you feel like you don't deserve it, you're, 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 I don't, I'm right there with you. You're, you're, in, you're in good company. We don't deserve it. We, 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 we don't, we don't deserve it. It's by his grace and by his mercy when we expect he's able to touch things change things. Would you stand your feet all across this room? I'm going to ask the band to sing with us. I'm going to ask, this is the moment that God does incredible things in people's lives. So if you could hang with us and not take off quite yet. I would ask that you do that. The Bible says this, that he confirms, I want you to hear this. He confirms his word with signs following. In other words, when we preach and we talk about what God can do, there are moments that he will actually confirm just like this. There's things that he will do inside of your heart that I can't do just through intellect and through communication and articulation. So I want you, before we go, and we're not going to be long, but I want you just to take a second and open your heart. And what if it was true? What if he could confirm his word with signs following? What if everything could change in this moment, in this building, right now, before you walk out at 1232 p.m.? Can you close your eyes with me? Just open your heart. I expect you to do the impossible. I expect you to move every mountain. Come on, think about these words. I expect you to do the impossible. The impossible. I expect you can move every mountain. I expect 
as you learn these lyrics, I want you to sing them out of your mouth and remind your soul. Because life is going to come and try to steal your expectations. You've got to remind yourself over and over. The text says, over and over they shouted, have mercy on me and heal me. Over and over, over and over, they begin rehearsing what they expected. Over and over, they begin to rehearse. He's going to show mercy and he's going to heal me. He's going to show mercy and he's going to heal me. He's going to show mercy and he's going to make me heal me. Come on, over and over, just in your heart. I expect it, God. I'm not the source. Drew, I want you to sing through these lyrics. And I want, as a church family, for other churches, they can do what they want. But as for our family, as for our church, we're going to expect good and we're going to see good. We believe that he can and we believe that he will. We're not going to get caught up in things that we don't understand and we can't intellectualize. We're not going to get caught up in all the philosophy of everything. There's more, Trust me, I can, I can get into philosophy with the best of them and, and talk different ideas. But at the end of the day, that's not what brings transformation. What brings transformation is the power of the creator touching the created. That is you. Come on, right where you're at. Sing the lyrics. Come on, you sing these words. It only gets bigger. This is what we expect. It only gets brighter. It only gets brighter. And brighter. So the devil's gonna tell you, ah, it might get a little bit darker. No, 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 no. It only gets better. From here. Come on, rehearse. It only gets bigger. Come on, they had to out of their mouth and say yes to Jesus. Do you believe that I can heal you? They had to respond yes. Out of your mouth. Make it known what you believe today. Make it known what you're expecting today. Come on, not, not on the inside of your head, not on the inside of your heart. I'm talking out of your vocal cords. Declare this song as an anthem for your soul. God, as far as this church goes, as far as celebration in Clovis, California, we're believers. We expect good things. Mountain to mountain. Faith to faith. Our 
every mountain. No more fear that, that things are going to stay this way. Some of, there's things that are knocking on your door and they're wanting in. No. And sometimes out of your mouth, you got, you got to dig into that subconscious. Uh, my, my buddy Skogie was reminding me, I, when I drove in the parking lot today, there was, there was a, a, like, a, a, like a planting box like out in the parking lot and there's weeds growing around it. And I thought to myself, how did those weeds get there? There's no weeds nowhere else. So I had to stop and I had to, I had to pull the weeds. Life is just like that. You're going to go along this journey and what's going to happen is you're going to think, how did, how did that get there? How did I start believing like that? How did I start letting that creep back into my life? And sometimes you got to pull the weeds. Sometimes you, sometimes you got to stop. And I, I know I, I redirect my, my, the Bible says that your tongue is like the rudder of a ship. Wherever your tongue goes, that's where the ship goes. So it's, I'm not talking about just doing, I'm not talking about the power of positive thinking. There's a message for that, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about stopping the war that's between your ears, stopping the war that's happening on the inside of you and saying out of your mouth, I expect good. I will not dress rehearse tragedy anymore in my life. Anymore. No more fear. No more fear about your kids. No more fear about your finances. No more fear about your health. Cut it off now. Some of you, it's time to pull some weeds. Some of you, it's time to pull some weeds. God, would you help us to do it? Would you close your eyes, bow your heads, across this room? Maybe you've never made a decision to place your faith in Christ. This means you have no ability to look beyond the situation that you're facing because you haven't decided to put your faith in your Creator. The Bible says whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I believe that we are a family, so nobody's going to pray alone. I'm not going to try to talk you into it. I think your heart compels you to do so. Some of you in this place today, sometimes it's just good to make a fresh commitment to remind yourself, hey, I've been, I've been sitting with my dysfunction long enough. It's time for me to get up and start following again. I've been complaining because it's been hard. It has been hard. It has been difficult. It's because you're blind. But I'm not going to sit in my blindness. I'm going to follow. I'm going to st- if I stumble, I stumble, but I'm going to follow. Some of you today, it's just a fresh commitment to say, this is where my faith and my expectation is at. Not on me, but God on you. Would you pray this prayer out loud? Everybody saying it. Would you say, say, Jesus, today, I believe in my heart. I say out of my mouth, you're the son of God. Think about it. Say, I believe you live for me. I believe you died for me. I believe you came back from the dead for me. So, I call you my Savior. I choose to make you my Lord. You're the one driving the ship now. Help me to live the life that you made me to live. Help me to see the way that you see. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Let's give it up for all those who made that. Listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc/give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 